Hello, thanks for checking in, tuning in once again to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. Uh, it's me, the Dungeon Master, slash your best friend, Big B, checking in on you up top here. Hey, uh, so we're doing something slightly different this time. I'm talking to you up top rather than in the middle. This thing that you're about to listen to is actually the first of our live shows from our recent run at the Sydney Fringe Festival. It was really fun. If you were there and you're now tuning in, thank you so much for coming out. It was great to see you meet some people who like the show and hopefully pick up some new friends and fans along the way. I won't spend too much time talking about it other than to say it's kind of an outside of canon adventure so don't worry about like it being just a completely weird different thing. It'll make itself clear as it goes along. Oh right, just wanted to flag that this was our first night at the venue that we did the show in and we had like zero bump in time whatsoever. The venue opened like literally five minutes before we opened the door so we had like we would just like fucking get in there and go on the audio. So some of the audio is a little bit goofy, but I have done my best to resurrect it for you. You should be able to understand what's going on. Uh, apologies for the, the marginal goofiness. We hope you enjoy it nonetheless. But hey, I've been burying the lead this whole time because I'm currently in Canberra with guess who? Introduce yourself. Hi, Ben. My name's Taryn. It's Taryn. Uh, long-term fans of Curio will have heard Taryn on Still Interested, that one oh time you came God, on our yes. other show. Yes. And also, you will have heard about the time that we launched that science podcast live at the Perth Fringe Festival last year, The Uncertainty Principle. Well, I'm in Canberra, and while I'm here, Taryn and I are going to record a couple more episodes of that show, and you can expect an RSS feed launch of our science podcast, The Uncertainty Principle, I don't know, we haven't landed on a date yet, but in the not-too-distant future. Soon? Yeah, soon? soon. Yeah, it's like politics, culture, and history through the lens of science. That's the way we bill it. Like, exactly. rather than, like, a science show, it's more like a show about science. Like, interesting aspects from science history, things that are happening now and how they relate to science, how it connects to every other part of society and culture. But also, we're big dum-dums, and it's rather stupid, <laughs> I think. Um, there might even be a few swear words, if you <laughs> know where to go looking for them. Um, anyway, look out for that on Curio on social media. Get us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram whatever the fuck you yo let's make a twitter yeah we're well, gonna make a specific twitter page for this okay taryn's calling it now we're making <laughs> a specific twitter page for the uncertainty principle we don't know what the handle's gonna be so you're listening probably to this probably the is, uncertainty principle i fucking if I had doubt to. that's available <laughs> this is useless information to you the listener because taryn has decided now <laughs> this second that we're gonna launch a twitter you know you gotta tonight. commit then <clears throat> okay. you gotta commit <laughs> check out curio at curio network on facebook twitter or instagram for the details when they go live. You'll find them all there. For the meantime, we won't take up any more of your time. Please enjoy this live episode of How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. Goodbye. Bye. Welcome, everyone. Welcome once again to Tasmodia's Transdimensional Tournament, the greatest interdimensional test of skill and strength the multiverse has ever seen. Thousands of champions enter, representing worlds and universes cast far and wide across the void, but only one dimension can be declared victorious. Who will emerge the victor of Tasmodia's trans-dimensional tournament? Well, you'll have to watch to find out. So step right up and enter the arena, if you dare.
We're on. We're on and in. Hello. Hello. And welcome to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. Usually, we are a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. But tonight, we're an all-live stunt spectacular for you, the fine people of Sydney. Uh, hey, quick poll. Who's played Dungeons and Dragons before? All right. Uh, that's a, a fraction of the audience. If you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons before, a quick primer on how it works. So I'm the Dungeon Master. My name is Ben McAllister. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for coming. I'm going to describe events and scenarios that are happening to our three players over here, and then they're going to respond. They're limited only by their imagination in what they can try to do. Then they're going to roll some dice, like these ones here, and make fun noises like that. And then, based on whether their character is good or bad at the thing they're trying to do, they're going to add a number. Then once they've added that number, we'll determine what happens next. Um, that's the mechanic. We've all got, well, they've, they've all got like special features and abilities and skills and stuff that they can do. But we'll just try and keep you informed about the rules. We won't get too bogged down in the technicalities of it all. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. Why don't we start over here with my good friend Jackson. Jackson. Um, my name is Jackson, and I'll be playing Jody Mastana, a human monk with a distinctly Spanish flavor. <laughs> you know, specialties, stunts, flips, tricks. That sort of thing. All kinds of fun kung fu-based activities he can do. Hi, I'm Grace Chappell. I'm playing Drazilia Halimian, who's a half-elf sorceress. Um, she's like draconic bloodline, so she's got like an ice like magic thing going on. And she loves daggers. She loves disguises. That's this foliage hat that I'm wearing. <laughs> I'm Thomas Owen, and I'll be playing Dun Khan. Uh, Duncan is a dwarven fighter who just recently cross-classed into ranger, so he knows how to get around a little bit. Um, he's a fan of uh, having fights, drinking beers, and making uh, gross jokes. Uh, he's also a veteran, but he doesn't bring that up too much because it haunts him. Which is a very cool energy for yeah. this Fringe Festival. So, yeah. Very <laughs> uh, comedic vibe. Yes, delightful. So, uh, let's crack into the adventure. Our regular show. How to Win Illusion and Influence Dragons follows the adventures of these three curmudgeons as they move through a land called Carthus. But tonight, we're doing something completely different. We're taking them out of their comfort zone into a completely self-contained adventure. So don't worry if you've never heard of any of us before. Uh, okay, welcome everybody and get ready for Tasmodiar's Transdimensional Tournament. The last thing the three of you remember is the sensation that you're falling. Falling through an infinite inky blackness. Well... Maybe blackness isn't the right word. Maybe nothingness is better. You don't know how long you are falling. It could be a minute. It could be a year. Because time means nothing in the void between dimensions. You awaken suddenly in a brightly lit circular room. You're sitting in a row of tiered seating, looking down at an opaque glass rectangle. You're slightly groggy coming to your senses, but you quickly find that you're immobilized. You're sitting down next to each other in a row, but you appear to be encased in a cylinder of different coloured light. Blue for Drazilia, yellow for Duncan, and green for Jody. You can speak, but not move. What do you do? Ah! <laughs> yeah, collective moan of <laughs> <laughs> um, So what's the... Like, can you describe this? In, is it like a sort of sleep paralysis... It's like you're being pushed down on by the light that's encasing you, like a light prison, like some kind of... Like a Phantom menace sort of... Yeah, yeah, very much like, I don't know what scene from the Phantom Menace you're referencing. The scene with the red lights... Oh, yeah, like that one, that's right. You're encased in a prison of light, yeah. Can I try and use Duncan's, like, incredible leg muscles to just... (laughs) 
force his way up out yeah, of this light. Absolutely, give it a try. Make a strength check for me. So Tom's going to roll a dice, and then he's going to add his strength ability to it, and we'll see how he does. Oh god, I rolled a one. Okay, um, that's the worst one. If you, yeah, that's so. I, like, it's still plus four, but five is. I think you pull your hammy and oh. you take eight damage. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So, You're telling me that pulling a hamstring is more dangerous than getting stabbed with a knife. Hey, man. His like sports career is over. He's never gonna. Yeah, he's yeah, done. He's out for the season. All right, all right, uh, boy. Okay, so uh, as you guys are now wondering what to do next, a door that you didn't see opens in the room, and a relatively chunky bipedal, four-armed purple humanoid walks on in. He's wearing a black turtleneck and nothing else. He's got four arms. In his arms, he's carrying a clipboard, a coffee cup, a remote control, and a pen. He's also wearing headphones, and he. Walks into the room and says, Hey, y'all, do you know the drill? You've been to the tournament before, right? Oh. Sir, where are your pants? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important to note it's like a Monsters, Inc. thing. He's not wearing pants, but he doesn't have like genitals flapping around. Right, he's, right, just, right. He's, all, he's all smooth down there. So. <laughs> I, I feel like it's worth mentioning that uh, our character's normal world is like a normal fantasy setting. Yeah, very orcs and Lord of the Rings and stuff. There's we like haven't seen like even aliens. a coffee cup, let yeah. alone... <laughs> Like Kendall alien tube people. Like yeah. what Um Yeah, so what's the reaction to that then? This cosmic horror unfolding before your eyes. I think Duncan just kinda like almost involuntarily like sort of like squeals out like who the fuck are you? <laughs> he says, Oh, you you all been conscripted then? I guess nobody cleared this beforehand. Yeah, sometimes that happens and people just get pulled up out of their dimensions for the tournament. Well, do y'all at least know each other? Uh, yes, we are uh, regular traveling companions. Okay, yeah. that's good because usually when they get paired randomly, things don't go so well. So, um, oh shoot, I guess uh, I'll play the intro video for you then. And uh, he he clicks a button on his remote, and the opaque glass rectangle in the room lights up with a series of amazing images. You see an array of creatures of all shapes and sizes undertaking a wide range of activities. There are things fighting in a massive high-walled arena, people competing in athletic and acrobatic feats, people working on solving deadly puzzles, and images of enormous crowds of onlookers of all different shapes and sizes and colors and numbers of eyes and arms, feasting their many colored and shaped eyes on the spectacle. All the while, a voice is speaking. Welcome, competitors, to Tasmodia's Transdimensional Tournament. As you no doubt know, this is the greatest periodic series of games the multiverse has ever known. There'll be feats of strength, wit, and cunning, and more than a few battles to the death. At the end of it all, the sponsor of the victorious dimension will be declared supreme ruler of all. Until the next tournament, that is. It's a great privilege to have been chosen as the champion or champions of your dimension. You should feel honored that you've been selected to represent what your home has to offer. Your handler should be along shortly, if they aren't here already, and Kenneth waves all four of his arms <laughs> at you from where he's standing by the door, to escort you through the necessary formalities. And into your first event, with minimal delay. Good luck, competitors! And then the screen crackles out into static, and you're still sitting there. Cool. Kenneth goes, so, so, any questions? So a, uh, a multiverse. We are in a... A multiverse exists, there are multiple... What, what is a multiverse? I wouldn't worry about any of that. <laughs> if I was you guys, I'd focus on the task at hands. And then he waves his four hands in like a fun little... <laughs> I can I've been working on that one. <laughs> you guys make it out of this alive, I've got a tight five at 10 o'clock at <laughs> King's Cross Theatre. <laughs> um, well, I think Druzzy is into it. Druzzy... <laughs> 
Strozzi sees the glory up there on the screen, and she yep. she wants, wants a slice of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kenneth, what's the prize? Uh, the prize. I wouldn't worry about that part of it either. The, the tournament's pretty complicated and manifold. Usually, uh, the sponsor of the winning dimension receives the prize, which is being crowned the supreme ruler of the multiverse. But you guys get glory for your home dimension, and you get to go home. Who Do you is like the glory? Um, who is the sponsor of our dimension? He says, oh boy, you know, I'm really not the one to ask about that. You're going to want to ask. Yeah, I'm just the, I just work here. I'm just the, the stagehand. Why don't we get cracking? It looks like you guys, uh, your first challenge is, and he pulls up uh, his little notepad and starts flipping through it. And he goes, oh, you're in the chasing maze against some Zorblocks from Dimension SK19. I'm oh. sorry, what the fuck is a Zorblock? <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. He says, this is a four-person challenge, so y'all are going to be paired with a random partner from another dimension. Uh, that does happen sometimes. But hey, I'm certain you'll be totally fine. Some pickup groups do make it out alive. You said before that random pairings normally don't go well. Uh, but sometimes they do. Anyway, <laughs> get ready. And then he presses a button, and a fourth shaft of light emerges in the room. And inside that shaft of light, there is a scaly, horned, tiefling woman. Who walks on stage now, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Taylor, our special Woo-hoo! guest of the evening. Hi, hi. Aaron Taylor, can you please tell us a bit about your character in a few sentences? Who she is, what she does, what she's all about? Uh, her name is Patience. She's a tiefling teenage rogue, and she got her rogue powers shoplifting after school. <laughs> <laughs> a very relatable tale. Okay, great. <laughs> She's, she's from a different dimension. A, t- a tiefling, for what it's worth, if you don't know, you don't play Dungeons and Dragons, is like a demon person with scales and horns and a tail and all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff like that. Okay. It's important to note, I hope you guys have been paying attention, because Patience is inside a red cylinder of light. You guys are inside, uh, again, blue for Jazilia, yellow for Duncan, and green for Jody. So, Kenneth says... Okay, I guess we should uh, get you guys off to see um, Petrus and Tevis. That's the outfitter and the chronicler. They'll tell you everything you need to know about the event. So um, are you all ready? Let's, let's have some fun. And he pushes another button on his remote, and all of the cylinders of light that are encasing you dissipate instantly, and you're free to move around again. Jody is just flipping around the room. Oh, okay. He's, like, he's, got, he's got his dexterity back. Oh, so this is like a... yeah. Do we? I think like patience is here now, and like I think Jody likes impressing upon people. New people, yeah. Yeah, he's good at stunts. Okay, can you take a dexterity check for me, acrobatics check for me, and we'll see how good these stunts are. Uh, that's a seventeen plus nine. Ooh, huge! He's very good at acrobatics. Yeah, okay. T- tell, tell us what kind of flips and stunts that Jody's doing around the room. Well, I mean, like, myself not actually being very good at flips or stunts, uh, it's hard for me to imagine, but, um, uh, was it Simone Biles doing a bunch of that stuff? Wow, a Simone Biles reference. Yeah, Do you yeah, guys like on. the Olympics? Yeah! It's 2019. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, great. Um, Do we have our gear? You've got, important question, thank you for asking, Duncan. You've got all of your essential equipment, which is your armor and your primary weapon, but none of your other stuff. So, okay, well, if I have my primary weapon, which, for context, is a huge fucking greatsword. Yeah, I think bigger, Duncan, bigger than the dwarf. Yeah, bigger, bigger than me. I think, uh, given I don't know, like, what Kenneth is and what he would feel like to, like, grab... Um, it, Why this, this... is that your go-to? You like meet a new life form, and you're like, oh, I wonder what it feels like to squeeze. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tactical, it's a okay. tactical consideration. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to get my hands on him. That's what I'm saying. I'm not okay. sitting here like, oh, I wonder. Like, I mean, like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. So instead okay. of like an interrogation, like wrestle, 
I'm going to just like pull the sword out and just... Are you telling me I'm too loud? Is that I'm telling you your mic's too close to your face. Mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, pull the sword uh, out. Pull my sword out and just uh, go straight for Kenneth's throat with it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, not, as in like, not as in like put it through his throat, but I just want to be like, Kenneth, what the fuck is going on here? Kenneth, uh, go ahead and make an intimidation check for me. Roll that d20 and tell me how well you intimidate Kenneth. Oh, that is a 19. Fuck me. And, okay. Uh, uh, my charisma is zero, so it's still a 19. <laughs> Kenneth wets himself through the genitals he doesn't have that you can't see, which I think just manifests as, like, his shirt just gets kind of damp, the turtleneck that he's wearing, and, and he goes, oh, that, that's very scary, mister, but uh, if I was you, I wouldn't recommend that course of action. I, again, I'm just the stagehand here. There's people who you don't want to fuck with upstairs. Who, If I was to not, please don't kill me, sir, but also you'll probably die. He's just doing, like, a very mealy-mouthed kind of plea for his life, but, you know. Um, can Drazilia use her unfathomable intelligence of minus one to have a <laughs> investigate of the room? Yeah. Um, investigate I'm, the room. Yeah. Okay. Just what do you want to know about the room? <laughs> um, I always want to say, like, let's just move on. It's a three. Okay. Three minus one comes down to two. two. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's still confused about that. No, you know what? Actually, with that, she thinks she's figured out this whole multiverse thing. And she's like, oh, I know how this all works. So she has like an undue sense of confidence that she. And yeah. I pass on confusing, unhelpful information. Yes, absolutely. So can we get you all to the outfitters now? I really, I don't like the sword thing and the throat thing. and uh, uh, Outfitters, sure. do we? Do we get new things? Yeah, yeah. you get items for the tournament. Like I said, you're in the chasing maze against the Zorblacks from SK19. Will there be hats? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we can probably make that work. Sure, let us um, yeah, take us away. Yeah, okay. great. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you've, you've, oh, by the way, uh, Patience has seen the same introduction video that I uh, oh, described everyone else. So she, Ew, she's boring. way across it yeah. in a different room. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So you walk outside of this room that Kenneth has been, I guess, imprisoning you in, and you see a massive, bustling, buzzing city. It's the tournament city. At the fringes of the city, where there's like multiple skyscrapers moving in strange angles that you can't seem to quite wrap your mind around. If you look beyond the fringes of the city, you see a bunch of this inky, sort of hard to focus on void, almost as if it's like the frayed edge of reality. But mostly there's railways, flying vehicles moving around, lasers, neon lights. It's like, it's like a real, you know, bustling downtown cool vibe. And Kenneth explains, <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's the best way to describe like things. Yeah, it's like downtown, you know, with all the flying cars and <laughs> just just wait five years, all right, and then it'll, it'll be exactly like I've just described, I promise. Uh, Kenneth, as he's walking you through this bustling city, says, all right, so there's a few main districts, uh, and he sweeps out his forearms in turn, pointing at different things. Uh, there's the residential district, which is for the tourists. Then uh, there's the champion's hall, which you'll be allowed in if you survive your first trial. There's uh, the gambling slum, which is exactly what it sounds like. There's the retail and accommodation areas for, you know, the, the people who've come to see the tournament. Then there's the arenas, and he sweeps his arm at this series of grand buildings. There's a few really tall ones of all different sizes. Some are floating, and they're spheres, and some are on the ground, and they're cubes. At least a few of them look like pretty <laughs> traditional high-walled stadia, which is the plural of stadium. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, you, it just looks like there's some things that you would recognize as an arena and some things that you're like, what the fuck is that? That doesn't look like an arena to me. What do you think this whole visual would 
do to the brains of three people from... (laughs) Yeah, take constitution saving throws for me, all of you, to see how you feel. Um, Five? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, oh, maths. Uh, 21. (laughs) Okay, well, okay, so, and how did patients do? I did... Wait. (laughs) Wait for it, 10. Okay. The three of you over here, that's Drazilia, Jody, and Patience, just start throwing up immediately out of shock at being transported into an alternate dimension. Duncan's fine, though. He's loving it. He's just like, he's chill with the whole new interdimensional vibe that he's got going on. I love a new city. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, so Kenneth says, all right, uh, listen, y'all, I think we need to get you guys over to uh, Petrus. Petrus's practicalities. He's the outfitter. Oh, you're going to need these. And he, like, whips out a little, uh, like, a little tray with a cloche over it, which is one of the silver things that goes on plates in fancy restaurants. And then he uh, lifts... He lifts the cloche off with his other hand, and on it are four little tokens. They're just these little uh, circular black discs of obsidian. Cool. He says, y'all can trade these for things from Petrus. Uh, Is there any way you want to go first, or are we rolling straight into getting some cool new shit for y'all? Ganeth, can I have the cloche as well? (laughs) (laughs) He says, um... You know, in all my years here, you're the first person to ask for the cloche, but uh, why not? And he gives you the cloche. So add, add to your inventory one cloche, which is this. It's going right there. He's writing it on his sheet. Very good. Okay. How do you spell cloche? K L O S C H. I don't know if that's right. Does anyone know if that's right? Okay, that. Okay, good. I've only heard it on MasterChef, guys. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so are you guys rolling onto Petra's Practicalities with your fun new tokens? Yeah, Okay. Fantastic. You walk into a hexagonal building made out of dark stone. And as you walk in the front door, you're struck by the barrenness of this room. Kenneth is no longer with you. You've entered a space that contains basically nothing except for one low table in front of you with an array of wonderful devices and items upon it. And... A goo-shaped bipedal humanoid standing behind it. Goo-shaped? What does that mean, you ask? It means whatever your mind's eye wants it to mean, everybody. Think of a goo-shaped humanoid? That's what we've got here. And uh, Petrus... Wait, humanoid is a shape? Yeah. Well, it begs to differ. Uh, (laughs) Petrus, you assume, standing behind this counter with an array of uh, wonderful devices, says, Welcome to Petrus Practicalities. I came up with that voice on the spot, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, so gooey. Yeah, well. I picture him like, like an egg white with a face. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Yeah, Petra says, what would you like today? And uh, he, he, ge- he gestures one. I should say they. I don't think you can really ascribe a gender to Petra's. Petra's uh, sweeps their arm in front of a table full of um, wonderful implements and instruments. Some things you can see. You can see A. Small uh, metallic cylinder with a button on the bottom of it. You can see what appears to be a bear trap. You can see what kind of looks like a, well, what humans would know as a gun, but you guys would probably know as a, cr- a crossbow with um, like a, a hook attached to the front of it. You can see a rolled up carpet. You can see a weird multicolored spiky egg that's rattling very gently. 
and you can see a shimmering silver piece of textile and a ring, a jeweled ring. Jody heads straight for the textile. He goes straight for the yeah. textile? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he picks He's up this... Tailor. He can't help himself. Okay. All right. Jody picks up this shimmering, silky piece of fabric, and he unfurls it, and uh, Petra says, That's a single-shot invisibility cloak. If you wrap it around yourself, you'll be invisible for 30 seconds. I really want the egg. Can I have the spiky egg? <laughs> Just jumping all over this yeah, thing, really going straight for the it. egg? Yeah. Not even going to ask? I covered it. Okay, you covered May I the please egg. have okay. the spiky egg, he, egg man? Petrus goes, that's a wonderful choice. I laid it myself. <laughs> and uh, he slides this slightly rocking egg across the counter to you and says, if you'd like the egg, I expect it to hatch in the next hour. How can something so gooey give birth to something so solid? <laughs> That's the wonder of nature, my man. You know, you ever seen one of those David Attenborough shows? <laughs> Things can get pretty weird in there. <laughs> Great. Thank you. He I... says, the one token for the egg. You give him the token? Yeah. Okay, you pass over your token. You're done! You've got your egg, okay? Thank you. Okay, great. Do you want the, do you want the cloak? Um, or is this like, like, are we like... You can try on a few things, man. Don't worry about it. All right. Well, I think maybe while Jody's like playing with his textile, he wants uh-huh. to go to the other two and see if there. Yeah. What are you guys feeling on the table? The items that haven't been taken are the little metal rod, the thing that looks like a bear trap. What's that Chris Kringle thing where you steal presents at the end? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Maybe we are doing that. Everyone picks their favorite, and then we'll roll off to see who gets which one. No. <laughs> um, Drazi likes a bit of bling. Did you say a ring? Can I take the ring? There is a ring there. You yeah. pick it up, and you look at it. And it's a pretty nondescript ring. It's just got like a big jewel in front of it. Um, but as you look at the jewel, you see that it changes color from black to red to silver. It's a mood ring. To black. <laughs> Uh, you guys remember mood ring? <laughs> I really regret getting the egg now. <laughs> yeah, you didn't shop around at all. Uh, and then from blue to purple and then to yellow. All right. And Petrus says, oh, I've got to eye on my ring of resistance, do you? Well, when you put it on, it'll look into your soul and decide which type of damage you will be resistant to for the duration of wearing the ring. All right, Quartermain, thanks. <laughs> So the idea here is you're going to put this ring on and then I'm going to roll a dice and it's going to decide which type of damage for the trial ahead you're not going to feel as badly. Whether it's like bludgeoning, being hit by something or slashing like a sword or fire, you get the idea. You'll be stronger against a certain type of thing. Should we do it now or like build up? I think I'd save it for when, for like a hobbit moment (laughs) where she's like trying to get the ring out of the air and yeah. yeah. Exactly like in Lord of the Rings. It's going to be exactly like that. Okay, uh, do you want the ring? Is that, is that your choice? Okay, she selected the ring. the ring. Okay, you trade your token for a ring. What is Duncan looking at on the table? Um, I think Duncan wants to ask Petrus about the, uh, the hook thing. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, Petrus, what's this? <laughs> Theater of the mind. <laughs> um, he picks up the, like, roughly crossbow-shaped thing with a hook sticking at the end of it, and he says, this is a grappling hook. You shoot it across at something else, it trails a rope behind it, and then you flip this switch, and it either pulls it to you or you to it, depending on who's heavier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I know which way that'll go, but... (laughs) Okay, Petrus, level with me. Should I take the hook... Or do you have a secret favorite here? What's this rod thing with a button? Tell me about that. 
He says, the rod is an extendo rod. If you push this button, it'll expand with tremendous force to a length of 40 feet. Dungeons and Dragons is in feet. Don't complain at me about it. They insist that you do everything in feet. It's, it's made in the States. It's like so. a Quentin Tarantino game. Everything's feet. Oh, um. oh, <laughs> it's in character. It's Duncan. Duncan likes a dirty joke. Okay. Um, Foot jokes. Great. Uh, you know what? I'm all for an uh, extendable pole vault, but I'm going to take the uh, hook thing. Okay. And you trade your token for the grappling hook. Jody's still looking at this fabric and he's feeling it out yeah, and yeah. thinking about it. What no, else does he think? Jody, like, like he's in the discussion of the, the 40 foot pole vault. He's like, that's my speed. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, uh, Jody slides on over and is like, I think perhaps I will. Uh, I will take the pole vault. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Petrus goes, that's a tremendous decision. You look like a man who knows his way around a pole vault. <laughs> and uh, he can tell just from your kind of lithe frame and your, like, you know, cool, uh, slick clothing that makes you look like an acrobatic master that you're the man for this pole vaulting device. <laughs> and uh, he trades you a token for the pole vault and he says, Best of luck, champions. I understand you're in the chasing maze. These devices should serve you well. Who do you sound like? Yeah. You started sounding like someone really familiar, but I can't. Is it kind of like Tim Curry from... Because I'm starting to think I sound like Frankenfurter. It's like a little from bit. From Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know I if love, anyone else... like a splash of Bane in there. Yeah, okay. Bane. Yeah. And like Bane. maybe yeah. a dash of Sean yeah. Connery. Like yeah. Just everybody who can't quite get the words out. <laughs> At one point, it was definitely going Sean. And then I think I, I tried to pivot it back to, to Goo. Goo-based sounds. Okay, so you guys are like look down at your items and you're like, oh, this is pretty sweet. I've got a cool new thing. It's going to help me out in the maze against the Zorblocks from SK19. And then you look up and Petrus is just gone. He's just disintegrated. And there's just a puddle of slime on the floor where he used to be standing. And then the door behind you opens and Kenneth's standing out there and he says, yeah, Petrus is a busy guy. He's got other champions to get to. So uh, you've exhausted your allocation with the man. Uh, What are y'all thinking next? Should we move you along to the chronicler who can tell you about the event you're about to participate in? Or do you want to go do something else? I mean, I'm always... I'd like to know what we're going to do. We can get ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Do we know who who is this... Who is this thing? Who's along for the ride, I think. <laughs> yeah, you guys haven't introduced yourselves. <laughs> Hi, like, guys. This, like, red-skinned demon just appeared next to you and you were, like, sick. Like, Sounds right good. God. Hey. I have you, kind uh... eyes. <laughs> all right, all right. I think that's... Is that canonical? The patient has kind eyes? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Can I take an inside check? Yeah, to see how kind the eyes are? I the kind eyes. Okay, roll that d20. Fourteen plus six, that's twenty. Okay, that's very high. In terms of whether you believe it or not, I have to is it is it real or is it an act? Does she have malice behind those eyes or are they truly kind eyes? Look, they're not truly kind, but she's putting it on to get through Yeah. This. I think with a twenty, Duncan sees through that and I, is like mm. I reckon I sort of like lean over a little bit and like I get it. I know what it's like to put the tough face on. <laughs> oh, a moment oh, of heartfelt connection. Thanks for connecting with me. Where's the vulnerability? Yeah. yeah, wow. Where has this been the last I mean, 50 you know, like, episodes of our podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, but like over those years, Duncan has learned from Drasilia how to handle like a closed off person who won't connect. And also like Duncan's got a lot of baggage he's dealing with. 
Wow. The backstory plot is upcoming, I'm sure, in the next two episodes or so. This has all of a sudden become required listening for our regular program (laughs) because there's character (laughs) development happening here at the tournament. Fantastic. Okay. What do you think? What do you th- are you done introducing yourselves to each other? Or? You want to go check out Tevis? Yeah, right. Tevis is well, you don't know yet. So Kenneth says, "All right, y'all, we're gonna go see Tevis. We're gonna have to head over to the library." And uh, you follow Kenneth. He kind of waddles. I picture Kenneth kind of like waddling. He's got four arms, but only two feet. And I already said he's bottom heavy. He's a pear shaped purple man, uh, and he just kind of like waddles around. So <laughs> he walks you over through a uh, bustling, busy neon and laser light filled streets. Vomit again. Yeah, you'll t- three of you throw up again all over the place, but Duncan's still chill with it. And uh, eventually you come to an old brownstone building that kind of, for the audience, looks like a public library from our human world. But uh, to you guys, it would just kind of look like a bizarrely well-constructed stone building, I suppose, <laughs> from this Lord of the Rings place that you come from. And uh, as you walk inside, you find yourselves very quickly in a richly appointed study. Bookshelves line the wall. A huge, huge, elegant mahogany desk sits directly opposed to you with a high... Huge as in, like, creature size huge? Yeah, no, it's not like... Yeah, no, it's definitely not as big as, like, a dragon, which is what D&D thinks of creatures as huge as, but, like, huge in the context of mahogany desks that you find in a public library. And uh, behind it, there's, like, a very comfortable-looking leather-backed chair that you guys sit on down... Da- oh, sorry, you don't sit on down in it. <laughs> Sitting on down in that chair is a small human woman who just looks like a human person. Probably the the least weird-looking thing you've seen so far since being summoned into this uh, mysterious alternate dimension. Or space between dimensions. What do you do? Oh, hey. <laughs> are, you, um, uh, are, you, are you a contestant like us? Are you, are you Tevis? She says, uh, I am Tevis, but um, I'm not a contestant. I'm the chronicler. I'm here to answer any questions you have about your event. Um, please, take a seat. And she snaps her fingers, and four, like, slightly less comfortable than her looking chairs appear on the other side of her desk. Yeah, big power move. She's also <laughs> raised slightly and looking down at you uh, yeah, over, over a book and a monitor screen. Uh, uh, how do we get home? That's probably my number one at the moment. Oh, yes. Um, home, yeah. So this is round one of the tournament. Depending on how you do, you'll probably have a few others. And if you get through those, then you'll get to go home. Isn't that great? What What does not getting through them look like? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that kind of depends on you, guy. Um, sometimes people make it out alive when they don't pass a challenge. Sometimes they don't. Uh, kind of depends on the challenge and how good or bad you do. So, um, sorry. And we're fighting people from dimensions with flying vehicles and yeah yeah sometimes it seems a little off balance but hey you've been chosen as the champions i'm sure you guys are great (laughs) yeah we are (laughs) (laughs) a high degree of confidence okay so what Um, are we facing up to now she says okay i'm glad finally okay um she she scrolls through this like sort of glass screen that looks kind of like the screen that showed you the introduction video and you can't see what's on it and she's like oh you're in the chasing maze okay so this is a maze with a series of puzzles uh you're gonna have to beat the other team through the maze the team that finishes the maze first you'll enter at different ends of the maze and race to the center the team that finishes first will be victorious and pass through to the next round the team that finishes second well that's kind of gonna depend on uh how badly they do in the maze 
Do we die? <laughs> uh, Might we die? She says, you know, I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> you never know. You just got to get out there and do it, baby. Uh, too many hot tips. Hot tips. Okay, yes. And she's scrolling through her screen again. And she says, okay, uh, I'm only really allowed to give you cryptic clues. That's kind of part of my job here. <laughs> if I just told you how to pass the maze. It would, like cryptic crosswords. Yeah, it kind yeah, of defeats the purpose. <laughs> so, um, all right. Um, okay. If you aren't sure which way to go, just go the way the wind is blowing. <laughs> she also says, okay, so that's the first cryptic clue for you. Um, the second clue, if you get stuck against something that you can't defeat with strength, try and kill it with kindness. Your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I planted the seed yeah. of laser vision. I can do it. Patience's <laughs> eyes way back at the start of the show. You're going to smize at her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, she says, so, um, any questions? You've only given me more questions. <laughs> <laughs> when will my egg hatch? <laughs> she says, oh, gee, I don't know. That's really a question for Petrus. But by the looks of it, it's getting ready to hatch. Mm. <laughs> well, is that all you want to know? Gee, I mean, I'm a busy person. I've got other people to talk to. If you guys are, are they- good, then we're good. Do we need to fight anything in this maze, or is it just kind of... You might need to fight some stuff in this maze, my guy. (laughs) And can you tell us what? I already said the thing about killing it with kindness. Right. That's your cryptic clue for this maze. All right, all right. Do you have anything useful to tell us, or should we just fucking go? (laughs) She says... Which way is the wind blowing? (laughs) She says, I'm just a guide. I, I'm not just going to tell you things. You have to ask me things, and then I'll tell you if I can. It's sort of a bit difficult having never seen this chasing maze or the Zorblux or anything at all to sort of conjure up uh, potential obstacles oh. for us to face in the meantime, you know? Okay, uh, Zorblux, I can tell you a bit about those guys. Do you guys have spiders where you're from? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like, well, humanoid spiders. They're really gross and I do not like them. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like spiders, but on... They stand upright and they have big arachno arms and they have fangs and they're really gross and icky and I, yeah. They're like buff spiders. Yeah, like big beefy spiders. You guys seen Space Jam? You know, like how some of the aliens are like kind of beefy spider people? Kind of like that. Right. So like, like Kenneth, but fit. Yeah, like Kenneth is similar to a Zorblack, but like, yeah, a little bit less chonky than Kenneth, perhaps. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's um, actually, that, that answers my question, so thank you, thank you for that. She yeah, says, good to go. <laughs> she says, okay, great, well, it's time for the maze anyway, so um, get ready, bye! And then she spins around in her chair, and the chair's just facing, the, like, the back of the chair's just facing you. <laughs> <laughs> are you. Are you still just sitting there? She doesn't respond. <laughs> Junkan gets up and walks around the table. <laughs> she is still sitting there. <laughs> She's just like, You're a jug. <laughs> <laughs> she looks a little bit sad, but then the door behind you opens and Kenneth is standing there and now he's wearing a watch that he wasn't before. And he's like, yo, we gotta go. The maze starts in five minutes. Yeah, okay, we, we motor, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. So you guys mosey on out of Tevis's office, the library of the interdimensional city. And uh, you walk across through bizzling, bizzling, buzzy, bustling streets yet again. <laughs> and uh, before you know it, you're standing at the entrance to one of those big ground-based cubes that I described. 
And Kenneth says, all right, uh, your entrance to the maze is through this door here. Um, you see that big uh, glowing sphere of glass above the door? And sure enough, there is a glowing sphere of glass above the door. He says, once that goes green, that means the, the games have begun and the Zorblacks will be entering on the other side of the maze. Oh, you'll need this. And he produces a little gemstone, which is like kind of multicolored, kind of like the one in Drazilia's ring. And he says like, oh, uh, yeah, so you got to get to the center of the maze and put this on the altar. The first team to place their gemstone, they're going to win the day. So uh, get ready. Jody, you're fast. <clears throat> Take the stone. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I ins- no, it's Drazili- fine, it's no right. if you want no, the no and then Jody's like forcefully putting it into his hand. And no no I I insist no, it's not my, my thing is like It's like trying to pay like, no, for no, like I dinner insist. with your friends and everyone like is like, No, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So who takes the stone? Me, I definitely do. Okay, Drazilia has the glowing magical gemstone that needs to be placed on the altar. And Kenneth says, Alright, um, if y'all are victorious, I'll show you to the champions lounge. Otherwise, well if you survive, I'll still take you there, but uh yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh Good luck. And then he just kind of like walks away from you. But like, he doesn't disappear or anything. He's just like walking away. And you just see him kind of disappear. <laughs> There's like so much magic and tech going on. And then all these people are like, well, bye. Yeah. Hey, one of them fucking disappeared into the floor, man. He's a slime boy. The, unfortunately, Tevis didn't know how. Um, okay, great. So what do you guys do? How are you preparing for your entrance to the maze? Just looking at this orb, right? Yeah. It's just like shimmering with different colors. You're stretching? Yeah. Take a stretching check. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got a big bonus for it then. Yeah. Uh eleven plus nine, twenty. Um Nice. Patience. What are you good at? Um running, (laughs) sewing, (laughs) stealing. I'm quick with my hands. Okay. This is like when you ask a teenager what they're good at. Maybe not a teenager, but maybe like Nothing. a Nothing. I'm not good at anything. <laughs> when you say you're good Tell at... Tell me what I'm good at. Dealing. I am good at stealing, yeah. Actually, I'm good at that. Okay. How do you mean? Like, I can just sneak up and pick shit out of people's pockets. Hello. And I'm holding... <laughs> yeah, it's my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being mugged. <laughs> I just got it out of his robe. Yeah. Well, maybe we should Didn't even notice. 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 Well, it's up to you guys. I can't tell you what to do about What did you that. see in her eyes? Do you trust her? Oh, wow. I, I do, but not that much. <laughs> Whatever. Get to keep the stone. <laughs> All right. Fine. We'll have, to, we'll have to see how we go with you. Maybe you could learn to trust me. Maybe. That would be a beautiful moment. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> In the maze! <laughs> Alright, as you guys are standing around arguing over who gets to hold the gemstone, the great orb above the door flashes green, the doors fly open, and you see a corridor stretching away in front of you. What do you do? Sprint on in. You sprint on down it. Okay, yeah. so you sprint through the doors, you enter this corridor. It is a series of relatively high sandstone walls, maybe 50 feet high on either side of you. It's all very like sandy kind of color. If you look kind of up above the walls, up into the area around where the walls of this cube that you've entered would be, you see tiers and tiers of spectators of all shapes and sizes, the same kinds of ones you saw in the video, who are just roaring and screaming with joy that the games have begun for them today. So, (laughs) you guys run down the corridor 
And then quickly ahead of you, the corridor splits into four sub-corridors. There are panels. So imagine like it's like one big corridor and then there's walls kind of in the middle of it. So it was quite wide, wide enough for four of you to run abreast. And then it's like four channels. And there are colorful panes of light covering each of the channels. Red, blue, green, and yellow. What do you guys do? Hey, which ones were those? Oh, green. I Red. was yellow. Blue. Fuck me, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? I mean, we're the winners. <laughs> we get and that was home. it. Yeah, I, guys, I didn't prep more. I thought you were going to spend like <laughs> half an hour standing at the doors, like which colors were we in at the start? Hey, well done, Jesus. Um, you guys just vamp for a bit. No, uh, okay, great. So. You guys run through each of the panes of light into your small sub-corridors, and then after a little bit more running, the corridors rejoin. The first barrier has been passed. You hear a cheer erupt from the crowd, and then, a split second later, another cheer erupt from the crowd on the far side of this massive cube. That's right, the Zorblocks have just passed their first obstacle as well. But a moment after. Yeah. A moment after you guys, Very that's good. right. Okay. You guys proceed running down the corridor, and then, rapidly, can I get a dexterity saving throw from all of you as the floor drops out from underneath you? Oh, God. Seven. 21. Yay. That's a base five. That's a base five. Eight. Okay. Jody acrobatically flips off the ground that is falling away underneath (laughs) his feet and lands back on solid ground on the other side of the pit that has opened up underneath the three of you who fall down into the spike pit, and all of you take... Can I... Go on. Do I have time to fire my grapple thing? Take a dexterity check to see if you can act fast enough to fire your grappling hook. 14? What do you think, everybody? Yes or no? Okay, he fires his grappling hook. Wow! Thank you! Yeah, you've got the support of the crowd. Yeah. As you fire off your grappling hook, the actual crowd in the arena screams with joy as your grappling hook finds purchase on one of the walls. Do you flip the switch? Yes. Okay, you're no longer falling down into the pit, but your compatriots still are. And they take 28 points of damage as they fall down into this pit and uh, hurt themselves very, very badly. Good thing it didn't happen to Duncan, who blew out his hammy earlier. <laughs> would have been even worse. Okay, so now you guys are standing on solid ground on the far side of a pit. You look behind you. There is a 30-foot drop down into a pit which has, like, rocky floor on it that these guys are just kind of lying on, like, and you hear a cheer indicating that the Zorblocks have crossed their second obstacle. What do you do? Um, I take the stone and can I, like, throw it out of the two Jody? You're doing a leave-me-behind thing? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, I guess just leave the stage. Grace, Grace finishing a drink. She's yeah. like, I'm done. Leave me in the pit. I'll see you at the bar afterwards. Uh, okay, yeah, take a, take a. Um, I guess this is like a ranged attack roll. Use your dagger throwing stat. Whatever your dagger throwing stat is. Yeah, so it's going to be a d20 plus dexterity plus proficiency. Also, you're proficient in throwing stones. What did you roll? A natural 20? Okay, a total of 20. Okay, that's a very good throw. I think as you kind of land on the ground, you're lying on your back, you're like, you just like hoof the stone as far as you can, and uh, Jody catches it out of midair. And uh, what do you you guys do? Patience and Drazilia are lying at the bottom of the pit. Are are we now in the same channel as each other again? Yeah, yeah, one big big path. You two keep going. I'll get Drazzy out. Who's two? It's just you and Jody standing out there. Oh, you're in the pit pit as well. (laughs) Jody, you keep going. I'll get both of them out. <laughs> okay, Jody, you keep going. Jody, you get yourself out. Patience, I'll get you out. 
Thank you. Okay. Jody just, Jody just sprints <laughs> off with the stone. Nice. Okay. So we've got a, a peloton and a chase group yeah. happening here. You're meant to split the party. Right? Yeah, yeah. That always goes well. Yeah. We've got some real Tour de France shit going on. Okay. How, how am I going to get out? I assume I can shoot my grapnel again. Yeah. Uh, you've got to reel it in. <laughs> it's got like a little It'll hand a minute, crank yeah. <laughs> Cranking away. Cranking. Yeah, okay. What's Josie doing? How deep is the pit? Is 30 feet deep. That's 10 meters okay. for anyone from Australia. Druzzy uses um, one of her spells. What's the spell? She's going to cast Polymorph on herself. Okay. And turn into a lizard. What? Okay. Yes. There are so many animals that can fly. Why is she just <laughs> turn into a lizard? No, no, no. Lizard's good. Lizard is right. Okay. What She's kind of lizard? Just like a gecko? Yeah, a gecko. A gecko. Is it, is it like gecko sized or like human sized? A human sized gecko. Because can I hold on to your tail? So like a goanna. So you're just becoming a big off. fucking oh, goanna. No, yeah. <laughs> Foot? No, fuck. And my legs just gone when I change back. Hey, I'll, I'll say you can try and hold on to her tail if you like. Yeah, well, I just okay. want her to drag me out. Okay, great. Let's go for it. So you try and climb up the wall. Yeah. And the thing is, because you didn't specify a lizard, you're a drop tail lizard. And your tail drops off and Patience falls back down into the pit. But Polymorph Brasilia is now out of the pit. What are you doing? Jody's still running ahead. Have I finished cranking yet? Yeah, you finished cranking. <laughs> I, I shoot my shot. Jesus Christ. Take a, take a, a range attack roll to make sure you don't accidentally hit Patience <laughs> with the fucking grappling hook. Or is that what you're trying to do? Hey. I shoot it to the ground in front of her. I shoot okay, it to the ground. ground. Take, yeah. a, take a range attack roll for me. Ooh. Uh... Uh, I, uh, well, just like your short post stat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Okay. So then, then like 15. Okay. Yeah. That's good enough. The grappling hook, hook part thunks into the sandy, rocky ground in front of you, patients. What do you do? I grab hold of it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I say, pull me up. I dig my heels in. I flip the switch. Okay. Great. Who's heavier? Um, (laughs) Definitely him. How could you even ask that? Yeah, right, that was rude of me. I'm sorry. Known for being just like the Extra biggest thick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. in Carthus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's a thick, thick lad. Okay, great. Uh, you dig God, your heels in, you flip like the switch. Ree! The grappling hook ratchets backwards, and Patience is yanked up out of the pit. The three of you, including a drop tailed lizard, Drasilia, are standing at the top of the pit. Jody's running ahead. You see Jody just turning the corner because uh, the thing takes a hard left up ahead. What do you guys do? I put my hand down. Drazzy, climb on. She's like a human size. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey scuttles up the back of Drunkard and sits on his back. Jesus Christ. Okay, that's a troubling image. Oh, yeah. Like a giant human sized lizard on your back. I love And that. I say, I'm really sorry about your tail. Yeah, don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys keep running or what? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. You guys sprint down the corridor. You hang a hard left. Just as you see Jody up ahead arriving at a T junction. Jody, what do you do? Which way's the wind blowing? Oh! Oh! Do you yell that? I know I'm a lizard, I can't! Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! Um, can I take an intelligence check to see whether or not I remember that myself? Yes, yes, absolutely. Jody does not remember. Oh god! Hey! Oh, I thought it was a three. It's an eight, but it is minus one, so it's seven. Yeah, you don't remember. Can I do the same? Yeah, take an intelligence roll to see if you remember. What number is that? I'm blind. Yeah, that's an eight as well. Okay. (laughs) Okay, great. None of you remember the clue except for Drasilia, who's dressed as a lizard. (laughs) (laughs) 
mean, you have agency. You can not. You can know, you turn you, back you, and you say? You can turn back. I guess Jody's gonna like flip a coin, basically. So I'm just gonna roll a d4. Jesus. Okay. Uh, odds is left, evens is right. Wait, wait, wait. Tell us which way the wind is first, so um, that we know. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll no, tell. No, no, no. I'm, tell me which way. I'm gonna go first, and then you can say. Which okay. Way great. 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 Okay. It's uh, odds. So I guess I'm going left. Is that what I said? I rolled evens. So Jody just hangs a hard left and starts running down the corridor to the left. You hear another roar as the Zorblocks from SK19 have cleared another challenge. What do the three of you do? You're now at the corner. Jody's like 40, 50 feet ahead of you down off to the left. Uh, you can feel the wind blowing to the right, Drazilia. Drazilia becomes human again. Okay. It's the wind! <laughs> <laughs> Turns back into human form and remembers that, yeah, Jody's going the wrong way. What do you do? Jody uh, hears that. He's just going to double back. Uh, take a perception check to tell me if you hear it. Roll a d20, add your perception skill. I guess we'll just run for the junction anyway. 19 plus 8, baby. Okay, Jody's got those good ears, man. You not only hear her say the wind, you also, like, I don't know, like, hear... Like the wind carries it to me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though it's going the wrong way. And then you, like, have a moment where you're like, whoa, I'm running into the wind. I should be running with it. And you, yeah, you think I'd notice. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You turn on a dime. You're behind the other three, though, and you've got the stone. Yeah. What do you do? You guys, are you running right, or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, got right. it. We got it. Yeah. I mean, Jody's faster than me anyway. Yeah, I'll catch yeah. up. He'll catch up eventually. Okay, you guys run down the corridor to the right. Eventually, the corridor opens up into a small chamber. It's a four-walled room. On the other side of the room is a sandstone automaton, a large, eight-foot-tall robo-humanoid made out of sandstone. It's standing there. It's got a big shield in one hand and a sandstone sword in the other, and it's blocking the exit from this little chamber out into the rest of the maze. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you do? I, I charge it. Okay. I charge right at it. Make an attack roll for me. Are you charging it with your sword out? Y- yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Dumb <laughs> question. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Oh, uh, 21 to hit. Yep, you, you hit it. Roll the damage for me. Get to re-roll that one. Ten plus. It's okay. Sixteen. Yeah. So you you hit it, but you feel as soon as you hit it, your sword just like vibrates in your hand. Kill it with kindness. You already tried kill it with sword. The sword is like wobbling my head. Oh, kindness. Then the thing wallops you with its shield. Uh, that is a 25 to hit. And you go rocketing back across the chamber, this little uh, chamber that you're standing in, and you take 22 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, and that's thrown a back across this little. Yeah, yeah, like three times as bad as blowing out a hammy. That's got to <laughs> Okay, I'll say by this time, Jody's caught up. He's standing at the entrance to the room. Duncan's been blown back across the entrance to this little chamber. Everyone's standing there. What do you do? Kill it with kindness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kindness isn't my forte, Jody. Like, Jody, just how far away is this thing? It's it's within your range. It's it's an undisclosed number of feet in front of you. Jody just, like, nods and then arms outstretched. (laughs) (laughs) Runs up and tries to embrace this. Goes for the hug. That's what he thinks. He's going for the hug. And okay. Like, like the whole might, way. Arms are still it just might like, look a little bit like a wrestling maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take a charisma check oh, to see whether this looks like a wrestling maneuver. Uh, ooh. Uh, I guess I can 
Uh, so that's actually a five. Yeah, I think it very much looks like a wrestling maneuver. And uh, the sandstone man sees you coming and he just fucking blasts you with his shield as well. That is, yeah, 22 to hit? Yeah, that's going yeah, to do it, I would have thought. And you're going to take 24 points of bludgeoning damage as you get blasted back across the room. Okay, I think Patience has a good think. And she thinks how much she likes the egg. <laughs> and okay. so I think she's going to offer the egg to the robot. To the robo-man. So what, because she just if like, someone had offered it to her, she would have felt that. Was really appreciated fun. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. Well, she's just hoping he likes it as she's much She's just as banking she on the fact that he's an egg man. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay, great. So she just proffers the egg? Yep. At this exact moment, Patience, the egg hatches in your Is hand. it a puppy? And inside the egg is an adorable little kitten. But it's also kind of weird and alien. It has spines on its back. But you see the robo-man. Look at the kitten. And then a mouth opens up in his robo-face. And he goes, I love cats. And uh, he like, like robocops it over to you. And then uh, just like very tenderly scoops up the kitten on his shield and holds it to his chest. And then like... That was a Robocop reference. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he just kind of like backs up against the wall and then just like points his sword on down through the rest of the maze. Congratulations. You killed him with kindness. Yay! I mean, I guess, he's, I guess he's not dead. Unless he, like me, has hay fever and cat allergies. He's probably not going to actually die from that kindness. But yeah, that's great. You guys proceed on through the maze running you hear another cheer from the other side of the arena. And also one from you guys as you move past the robot. They're, they're very In open. Which order? Who, which side cheered first? Uh, first you guys, then oh, them. Right. Then, a few seconds later, you're continuing to sprint down the corridor. You burst into a wide open space with a tiered altar in front of you. You see, directly opposed on the opposite side, there is a group of four humanoid, spider-like shapes sprinting across the distance between an opening into another maze opposite you guys. So it's like a big open space, altar, you guys, them on the other side. They're already like halfway across, heading for the altar with their thing. What do you guys do? I think at this point, because you're now directly opposed to these guys, we are going to roll initiative to determine the order in which you guys do stuff. The Zorblarks, fortunately for you guys, didn't roll great. So I expect you guys are going to move first. You know, I forgot about my feet. They gave me an advantage on initiative. Okay. I rolled a natural 20 Fuck anyway, me, that's so the highest one. <laughs> Coming in at 22 initiative. I'm a six. Bit behind. Great, so don't say this up short. 19. Um, 18. Nice. Wow, those are very high. Okay, so the first person to act is Duncan. You've got this altar. It's about 100 feet in front of you. On the far side of it, another 50 feet away, there are some spider-like humanoids powering up to the altar. What do you do? Uh, is the altar in range of my hook? You don't know. How far did you say it was? Like 100 feet. I run my 25 feet of movement. Uh-huh. And then I fire my hook <laughs> straight <laughs> at the altar. You blast at the altar. Take a uh, ranged attack roll for me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, <laughs> nine. Okay. Uh, the hook... Uh, like, oh, oh no, <laughs> Patience has lost her horns. My God, take 25 points of damage as your horns fall out of your head. No, um, okay, the hook, uh, like, comes out of the gun, but you angled it down too far and it just like skids across the ground uselessly and doesn't find purchase in anything. Damn, um, <laughs> uh, 
I, I used my action surge to uh-huh. really quickly. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll allow uh, it. Like, yeah, you can wind it back up. <laughs> <laughs> can I use extra attack to fire it again? Uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, Fuck yeah. it, why not? Okay, so he has the ability to like once a day he can like summon a pool of energy within his body that allows him to do shit twice. Wouldn't we all like that, ladies and gentlemen? Wouldn't that be great if some you know sometimes you just don't feel like it? Wouldn't okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> He's like that's, slamming a red bull. That's my type five for later. <laughs> uh, this one is twenty four to hit. Jesus, okay. Uh you find purchase on the foot of the altar. Not like the top part of it, but the hook like chunks into the rock at like the bottom tier of like the steps that move up to the altar. I flick the switch. Duncan goes flying through the air. The next person to act is whoever was higher out of Jody and Patience. All right. Um, I think Jody looks out of the like the the, the mm-hmm. picture in front of him and then holds up the cylindrical rod uh-huh. and then starts running uh-huh. then, like halfway through his distance, like extends Ooh. it and then in one move. Tries to pole vault himself over. Okay. And you're a physicist, so I'm yeah. not sure what the, the physics of that are. But, That's not uh, a joke. That is my day job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, let's see how it goes. All Take right. an acrobatics check for me, Jody Mastana. He's very good at these. Uh, 13 plus 9. Fuck me. Okay. You run as far as you can. You put the thing down. You extend it. You go, like, flying up into the air, and then you can, like... Yeah, I'm going to say, fuck it. I said 100 feet, and the thing's, what, 40 feet yeah. long? Yeah, you pretty much make it to the foot of the altar. You're there next to Duncan. Can I Can I go over it, or am I, am I, do I just land right near the altar? I think you land, like, near the altar okay. with that. I want to try and, like, hold up the pole vault as, like, a, like a really long <laughs> Try and poke try, them? Yeah. Try no, keep... literally. <laughs> just try and, like, keep them away. Because <laughs> well, they can't get them. I'm going to try and, like, <laughs> okay, get them. Nice. Well, the next person to act is Patience. Well... I lost my egg and also <laughs> the chance at a really nice pet. Yeah. So I think she's a little bit upset. Yeah. And I think she says, Drazi, you go. <laughs> I can't She do sacrifices it. her turn for Drazilia. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you there. <laughs> wow. Are those real tears, Erin? Yeah, it's fine. My God. Wow. What a consummate professional, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that a legal game mechanic? Can... N- no. In fact, <laughs> it's not Drazilia's turn. Now it now it's the no. Zorblocks. Oh no, I didn't mean to do that. It's my second game. I don't know the rules. Do you want to do something else? Okay. I say, no, wait, I'll go. Um <laughs> I couldn't go anyway. <laughs> um What am I gonna do? I have a dagger. Yeah. Can Would I just pin- Throw it at one of the. All right, you're trying to. No, I gotta run first. Really fucking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I'll let you try. Um. Yeah, I want to try. Okay, you can try and throw this dagger at one of the spider people with disadvantage, which means I need you to roll the d20 twice and take the lower number. I don't like the look of this. Twelve. And what's your what's your Dagger throwing modifier. It'll be dexterity and proficiency. What? Wait, is that right? Yeah, we're in a bit. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, so that's 20 all up. Yeah, you fucking nail one of these spider people from like fucking 120 feet away. Just like fucking. 
Don't take him out. Um, no, but oh. he staggers backwards. He falls backwards. He's like he, he lands on his back, so he's out of the out of the picture. Okay. The next person to act are uh, the rest of the spider humanoids who um charge their full distance towards the thing. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna see Jody gets an attack of opportunity here as one of the moves within the range of his forty foot pole that he's just like trying to poke them back with, like some kind of. I'm not sure what I'm rolling with. Yeah, oh. I would say just your regular attack roll. Yeah, I'd say you're, you're pretty proficient with starves. That's right, a thing right. you use a lot as a monk. Cool, super cool. All right, well, that's normally like a plus 11. So yeah, okay. You <laughs> baby. You brain one of these spider people. How do you want to do it? Like right in the center of the forehead? What's yeah, your shield? Like yeah, nice. <laughs> they also tumble backwards, leaving only two spider people progressing along uh, further down the channel. And then it's Drazilia's turn. They're nearly at the altar. You guys are standing at the base of the altar. They're nearly there. Drazi trips, drops the ring, it flies into the air. And <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Let's decide. It makes you immune to slashing damage. Ah, great. Yeah. If you get stabbed, you'll be fine. <laughs> Do they have swords or is that... Yeah, man. They've got big swords and also... Yeah, yeah. They've all got swords. Lots of swords. Um, Jody has it. And he's standing at the altar. I guess... How far did you say the... They're now, like, basically at the foot of the altar-ish. They're, like, 100 feet away from you. Yeah. I guess uh, Trussie conjures up a firestorm. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, your top-level nuke spell, right? This is Trussilia's most powerful spell. She's just going to dunk on these spider people? No, I mean, it's so new. I don't even... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Unnecessary. Like Jody's there. He's about to do it. But you're just gonna I'm nuke him. Over the long stick. You're like setting the world alight. Jesus. She doesn't like being late to the party. Can everyone give me your D10? Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. We're gonna see how wait, do they need to take a deck save? What's yeah. their deal here? Okay. So the spider people are going to try and save from this massive, what is it? 10, 10 by 10 by 10 foot cubes of fire <laughs> sprout up wherever you want them and just uh, cover yeah. these spider people Go in on. flames. Go Jesus on. Christ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. They are, de- yep, definitely right, bad. So give me the damage. The full damage of 7d10. Jesus Christ. That's not... Um, Who can do maths here? Who's got intelligence on the... I mean... I mean, our physicists can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we shout numbers at him, he'll add him up. Yeah. Just read out all the, the numbers. To 37. Me. Okay, 37 fire damage. I think you incinerate the two that are lying on their backs, and the other two who are standing next to the altar are just looking like crispy spider bites at this point. And you hear the crowd just goes, oh, <laughs> they're not into that. And they were like, oh, man, this is a maze challenge. That was, oh, that's... That's poor sportsmanship. And then we're... (laughs) They were forced into this. You see one of them looks up at you and goes, why? (laughs) In a language that you can comprehend. But then it's Duncan's turn. We're back around the top of the order. You're standing at the foot of the... Sorry, go on. Yeah, I think definitely from that. Um, Duncan walks right up to the altar. Really slow. Pulls out (laughs) the cloche. (laughs) (laughs) Holds it like a, a catcher's mitt. Okay. And he's like, Jody, does it here. Why are you adding this element? Because it's important. Because Jody sees the stun. Okay. And like, so Jody like grabs it out of his pocket. Yeah, because like, Jody's up next. Yeah, he flips forward and like throws it behind him. Like Jesus like, Christ. Like, not even underarm, like. 
full pelt. Oh, dude, take a take a dex like a ranged attack roll to see if you hit the cloche. I don't like the sound of this. <laughs> no, but but I mean, what's your what's your bonus? Oh, that's true. Actually, my bonus is fucking eleven. Let's be fair. Is it eleven? Yeah. Is it eleven? Yeah. Okay, to the attack. Okay, all right, all right. We're gonna determine you how this goes. Cloche that I'm like. Yeah, I, can I, can hey man, I give I'm him gonna, advantage? I'm going to roll a D100 here. Okay, yeah. You take a dex save to see whether you can position it. Okay, and dex, then... I'm not good at that, but let's see. <laughs> let's see. We can do this. Uh, 14? Okay, I've decided on a number in my brain that I'm going to roll on these two dice, which go between 1 and 100. And if you pass that number, you catch it. Oh, fuck. It's an 82. You definitely catch it in the cloche. You managed to catch it. Yeah, that's baseball. <laughs> I guess cricket is more appropriate. Yeah, definitely. But we're in Australia. Although we are doing everything in Imperials. So yeah, it's ultimate like... frisbee, baby. And I slam it down. You slam the cloche. Okay, you hear the gem rattling around inside the cloche. It's still carrying that momentum. You slam it down. Eventually you hear plink. And then the entire altar lights up in blinding multiple colors. And the entire audience, or I don't know, maybe not all of them, because some of them were pretty turned off. But about <laughs> half of them yeah. Yeah, <laughs> half of them are like, yeah, you, you did it. <laughs> and then uh, the, the two surviving crispy spider humanoids, they come up and like good sports, they shake your hands. <laughs> and then... Jody shakes each hand. <laughs> Yeah, so 45 minutes later, after Jody's done shaking each of their hands... Wait, wait. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have bled out yet. Can we feed them our healing potions? Wait, do we... Oh, we didn't You have didn't them. have any of yeah. your gear, man. They're, they're done. Oh. Those spiders that, that Druzzy incinerated are, are done. <laughs> they're out of it. So these two spiders, like, walk over to the corpses of their friends. They say, they, they say like, a, a short prayer. And then they, they walk out the... the yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, so... 45 minutes later again after they're done <laughs> so doing that. Yeah, I know. It's all, yeah. <laughs> what happened to the feet humor? Yeah, nothing, nothing but hands. Um, great. So then uh, you guys are standing on the podium. The crowd's kind of like, they've gotten into it. They're erupting with applause. And then another door in the side of the arena, 100 feet away, opens. And standing behind it is Kenneth. And he's excitedly waving all four of his arms. And he's like, y'all did it. I knew you could make it. All right. This way on to the winner, the champion's lounge. And you, uh, you walk out of the arena to the roars of your adoring fans. And you walk into the absurd decadent luxury of the champion's lounge. We're talking a full wet bar. We're talking people walking around with little cocktail platters. What is a wet bar? Uh, yeah. Oh, like a good mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what do you guys? What do you guys think you're doing? Like, I'm imagining like the plushest nightclub bar type situation you've ever been in. Where are you? What do you, what do you think is your your pleasure? I guess you're a teenager. Does I eat Bailey's drink? and milk. Oh, <laughs> is Patience allowed Yummy. to drink? How old is Patience specifically? Fifteen. Yeah, that's the drinking age in this dimension. So. Woo! Actually, well, I already said, Bailey's time means nothing in the void between worlds, yeah. says the bartender, as they hand you a Bailey's and milk. So congratulations. What are you guys doing? Um, Jesse hides her face in shame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the other champions, some of them pay you, like, begrudging respect, and some of them are like, oh, Jesus, that's that girl who did the, yeah. Yeah, I imagine okay. that, yeah, Jody does, like, a walk around the room and seeing, like, the lackluster response is just like, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and what and, is doing? Uh, get, gets an ale and sits down. An ale and sits down. What about DK? Duncan. I reckon Duncan just 
goes up to the bar and says, bartender, I want one ale for each of my two normal amount of hands. <laughs> and I'm That's gonna- extremely hand normative of you, Duncan. <laughs> like, why would you... Most of the people you've yeah. seen haven't had two hands. Why would you assume two is normal? Yeah, the barman doesn't say anything. Yeah, you get... He's like... Wow! Okay, yeah, you guys are the pariahs of the tournament now. <laughs> we're, we're the heels. We're we the heels of this tournament. Yeah, it's like, like a wrestling thing. Yeah, like absolutely. Thing. So as you guys are sitting in your corner, Jody with an ale, the rest of the three of you just kind of looking a bit sheepish. A humanoid hooded figure walks over to you, sitting at the table, and clunks four bags full of coins down and says, "That was an admirable job for your first event, but rest up big." You've got a huge day tomorrow in round two. And that's the end of the first chapter of Tasmodia's Transdimensional Tournament, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, thank you very much to Erin for being our guest. Thank you to Saint for producing. Thank you to the venue. Thank you to you all for coming out. If you really liked the show, we are a podcast. You can check us out wherever you get your podcasts, How to Win Luton in Front Dragons. If you liked this thing and you want to hear what happens next at the tournament, I know I can't wait, come back tomorrow <laughs> and Sunday. We'll have a rotating cast of guests, new events, all kinds of fun shit like that. Uh, I've been Ben McAllister. These people will now say their names. I've been Thomas Owen. I've been Grace Chavel. Jackson Newsett. Aaron Taylor. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Goodbye. <laughs> How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chappell, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.